You're listening to Higher Ed Social, part of the Connect EDU network. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It's my um, first time, long time listener, first time caller. Really? Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know that you listened to the show. <laughs> uh, if I listen by like being in the show, then yes, I do listen to the show. <laughs> well, um, do you listen? Oh, well, you edit it. I would. Yes, I, I, I meant to always ask this to you. Do you listen to your the podcast when it goes live? Um, on occasion, but but anyway, you guys might recognize. Uh, the person that we are talking to, or I'm talking to, I still I still use the we. Uh, really? Yeah, I I do. It's kind of odd. Anyway, um, you guys recognize Jackie. Um, Hi. But I'm going to let her introduce herself because it might be a little different than it was last time. It is. Um, so my name is Jackie Petrano. I am the assistant director of prospect management and digital engagement and marketing um, at the University of North Carolina's Keenan Flagler Business School in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And, and I do not host a podcast anymore. No more podcasts. No more pod. That's sad. It's very sad. It is sad. Well, you're on a podcast now, so. I am. It's fix. nice to be back. Um, so that was a very long title. That was rather descriptive, but yes. perhaps you should let us know a little bit more about what you do. I think I accidentally added of, I think it's, I think actually my title, this is so higher ed of me to be like, I don't know my title. Um, I believe it's assistant director of prospect management and marketing, but I go by assistant director of marketing for short. Um, so Keenan Flagler, we have a really cool model that we're kind of starting to implement, which started with me, not started, but I am part of the the new system um, being hired um, very recently, uh, that we're kind of implementing a bit of a matrix model, um, kind of more in, a, in the sense of skill set only, not in terms of reporting. I know some folks use a matrix model in reporting, we more kind of use it just as laying out skill sets when it comes to our professional programs. So um, we have pretty much our master's of accounting degree and our MBA programs. So I kind of am in the MBA silo. So I oversee um, lead nurturing for the full-time and our executive MBA programs. And then we also have someone who oversees lead nurturing for our master's of accounting program. Um, so that's kind of like how of our silos work. And then as you can tell, we kind of go skill sets the other way. So I have a counterpart in the, um, accounting realm, but in my little MBA silo, I work with someone who's responsible for lead gen. So I used to do a lot of digital marketing, social media marketing. That's not really on my plate anymore. Um, cause I have a really, really smart colleague that does that. And once we get their names by ethical means, I ethically communicate with them, um, in, mm-hmm. in an effort to get them to enroll. So it's pretty neat. Um, to kind of have this small little like grid of a marketing team that is working, separately but also together so that's kind of what I do 
So what kinds of marketing are you doing? Is it, is it just communication plans? Are you, are you like kind of splitting off into print? Um, are you only talking to perspectives that have already put their names in? Or are you talking to folks that maybe haven't put their names in yet? Um, like, uh, you know, billboards and all that kind of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with the division of kind of uh, I don't want to say division of responsibilities because that feels very siloing, but division of focus, I guess. Um, I'm actually not working on things like billboards or social media or any other digital marketing. I am strictly um, enroll, I guess, enrollment marketing in its truest form. You know, kind of once we have the names, uh, communicating with them in an effective way. So um, I work all the time inside of HubSpot as our CRM and then inside of Slate um, with admissions. So once we have names, they kind of come over to me um, and I think about segmentation and messaging and those types of things. Um, Being very new to the team and actually a lot of my team being new as well, we're kind of in like a rebuilding, kind of like burn it with fire and and rebuild it (laughs) phase right now. Um, So I, um, we actually just got through like, pretty much blowing up all of our old communication system and implementing a completely new communication kind of map um, where we think about different segments of students um, for both our full-time program and our executive program. Um, And I'm pretty much just knee-deep in email communication right now, but I'm actually really looking forward to 2020 because that means I get to move away from exclusively email, even though that's a big piece of our communication um, strategy, but I get to go more into other stuff like either like high high touch campaigns like phone calling or sending cool swag or anything like that. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I'm kind of the middle phase between people expressing their interest in giving us their email address and, um, submitting an application. That's pretty exciting. It's Mm -hmm. a lot different than what you were doing before. Yes. It's like light years difference. So, absolutely. so, what made you want to make the switch? Because I know you were doing a lot of things that you loved before. And this is definitely something different. And it's definitely a new challenge. But, you know, is that generally kind of why you did it? Or, you know, what was your what was your kind of reasoning to make the jump? Yeah, so a while ago, um, and when I say a while ago, I mean, probably like three years ago now, maybe, maybe two, I don't even remember. Um, I had the chance to go to HubSpot's inbound conference, which if you are a marketer at all in any way, I would recommend trying to get there um, or just learning about what inbound marketing is because it really blew my mind. And maybe this was just me because I don't have like a traditional marketing background. I kind of fell into digital marketing a little bit. But when I thought about the idea of, of inbound marketing and inbound like lead gen and those types of things, I was like, this is where I want to be. So, um, when I saw this opportunity come up, I was terrified because they were explicitly looking for someone with some pretty good HubSpot experience, um, or slate and or slate experience. And I did not really have any of that because while I've worked at universities that were 
talking about getting Slate or HubSpot. I've actually never been able to work in them. Um, and I've never, like you said, had a job where I was really responsible for this type of marketing. Um, I was more a lead gen person where I was trying to just get people in the door. Um, and my extent of lead nurturing was kind of just understanding audiences when it came to social media. That's kind of my background is social media management. So, um, it was incredible to be able to like actually make a career shift in a way that I wanted to, because my skill set didn't necessarily line up, uh, a hundred percent. And there's obviously people that are much, much more, qualified and have much more experience, uh, doing this kind of work, but to be able to get that chance at UNC at a top rated MBA school or business school rather is, uh, is pretty incredible. So it's been a good shift so far. Well, yeah. And it's, it's a great career move too, because, you know, you definitely understood the principles of the stuff. Um, but actually being able to do it and having the courage to do it, that's, that's great. And, you know, they gained a really, really awesome person. Um, not that I'm Thanks. biased or anything. You'll have to um, let them know. <laughs> My review is coming up, so I'll quote this. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you can say on the Higher Ed Social podcast, <laughs> Jackie Petrano is certainly a winner. <laughs> a winner for sure. You heard um, it here first, folks. And you didn't just, I mean, look, look at, I just want to, I just want to gush on you just a second. Sure, you I'll let it happen. Just, you didn't just get this awesome new job. You also graduated, um, which is huge, uh, with your, what, Master's of Professional Studies in Integrated Marketing? Yes. You only missed one word out of all of those weird words. So I'm I tried really weird. hard. Which word did I miss? You just missed um, communications after integrated marketing. But really, you got the essence of it, so you're good. Oh, well, there you M go. MPS and ISC. IMC. I'm sorry. See, I screwed them all up anyway. But yes, my very expensive piece of paper is in the frame shop right now because it's a very, very expensive piece of paper. Well, just so folks know, if there's anyone out there, I am shopping for a graduate program too. I know I've kept saying that for a while, but I'm probably going to really nail down something soon because uh, that's something I want to do. I really want to get my master's. Um, and kind of see where things go because I know myself um, I'm looking for you know ways to grow and I and I'm I've been really really uh, you know proud and envious of you because you've done that and that's just awesome and thank you yeah well, sorry I'm a little envious but you know uh, <laughs> nothing wrong well with that. I, we offline, I can tell you all the reasons why you maybe shouldn't be too envious, but we can get to that. Maybe that's a different podcast. Perhaps so. I guess my question to you next is, have you, do you have any idea kind of where you want to go and what you want to do? Uh, I know you literally just started. <laughs> I was saying, just got a new job, so <laughs> feeling good. Uh, feeling good. But you know, that's the, that's the next question is, you know, once you make, once you take a step, um, what's your next step? What's something you, what, what are the, some things you want to do? What are you looking forward to? Wow. Um, I, I think my, well, my gut reaction to your, your question is, 
um, really getting into kind of this field um, a little bit more because while I have a really good and deep background in digital marketing, um, that was all pretty much lead gen. Um, if you really boil it down, like really just trying to get even not even names, right? Like, you know, we would get people to try to apply or, you know, learn more, whatever, you know, come to our campus for a visit day. But I didn't really, um, manage kind of that retargeting or, or really that follow-up communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, now you I haven't gone down the funnel. You've kind of seen yeah. the, the big open so, part that's easy. Yeah. So now I'm in the middle of the funnel or, um, as I've been learning about, I'm, um, in the engage part of the flywheel, um, blog post. That's such a, that's such a businessy, that's such a businessy synergy word. It's like a whole thing that like I just started like picking up on and I have a blog post in the works. Maybe it'll be done by the time you post this, but I doubt that um, about how higher ed can adopt this flywheel model. But um, yeah, now I'm kind of in the middle of the funnel where I get to actually communicate with people that I know a little bit more about um, instead of just not that I was going blind into our audiences, right, because we know a little Mm -hmm. bit more about our Gen Z audience and what type of students that we're attracting um, at an undergraduate level. But now I have people's names. I have a little bit more about their web browsing history on our website. Totally ethical, I promise. Um, and so I, I know them a little bit more as people. Um, Gen Z and- is Gen Z is starting to enter the funnel for graduate school. Mm-hmm. Remember when we talked about them as college freshmen? I know and how that was going to change. And now we have to start thinking of them as going into professional programs, going into grad school, getting their PhDs. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I just hired my first technically Gen Z person um, on my team. Wow. Like just uh, like two weeks ago. Um, and she's awesome. Morgan is great. Um, but we're, we're past millennials, um, unless you're a boomer. Of course, they all think all of us that are younger than them are millennials, but, you know. Right. Um, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's something that I'm learning, too, is, um, well, not learning, but I guess a little more of unlearning, because I knew how to speak with the insert generation here, right, the the high school entering college audience at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, it was millennials, but this audience um, for our full-time program is a little more predictable. They normally have two to six years of work experience. You know, they, they're kind of more predictable, but our executive, uh, students, they have at least five years of work experience, sometimes 10, sometimes 15. So, um, I'm learning like a whole new audience now that I can't just necessarily captivate with like a funny meme on Twitter. Uh, (laughs) Not to say that that's not important to captivate our high school audiences, but um, it's a such a different ball game now, which is super exciting. And um, I'm like a big like logic-y nerd, so I like to map out workflows and segment and all that stuff. So um, A-B testing for the win. And A-B testing, yeah. I had a really upsetting A-B test last week to – no, oh my gosh, last month. It's already mid-December. Um I had a, I joked with my boss because we were sending out an email about 
application deadlines uh, three days before Black Friday. And I joked that I was going to make the email subject, this is not a Black Friday email. And she thought I was serious. And I was like, I'm going to A-B test this. Uh, So I did. And I was disappointed to find out that the actual like real subject line, something about deadline reminder, um, got more opens than this is not a Black Friday email. Very sad. Well, that's the thing. It's not a failure because you found data in order to improve what you were doing. That's no, the whole it was point a f- of A-B testing, right? It was it was pretty much a fail because <laughs> I wanted – it came out the wrong way, <laughs> in my opinion. <laughs> well, you know, I'm trying to be positive. Um, but see, that's the thing. You know, I'm glad you're able to do that because I feel like, I feel like these days – um, none of us have time to do that kind of stuff. Um, and it's, it's really great that we're starting to do it, mm-hmm. um, in different areas of higher ed and, and all of that kind of fun stuff. So what do you think is like really the thing that is, is driving, you know, what you do? Um, and you know, what do you think, uh, you know, is important? Um, in, in the particular field that you're doing? Like me personally or in like what's driving the the industry right now? Um, well, something that I've learned very quickly for, um, specifically for MBA programs is that nationwide, um, enrollment for these programs is declining and, uh, Chapel Hill is no exception to that. Uh, so it is really easy to get panicky in that situation where you're not meeting the numbers that you met last year, the year before, or the numbers that you expected to meet this year, um, simply because, you know, it's hitting everyone kind of equally. Um, I'm not going to try to cite numbers on this because I don't have them memorized, but, um, of course there are some schools that are very elite that are not hurting as badly, (laughs) Harvard, Uh, just because of their (laughs) status. But for the most part, many, many business schools um, are struggling for enrollment. And so it's, it's a little bit of, okay, do we brush this off and say, all right, well, we're not going to hit our numbers, but nobody is, so that's okay. Or do we try to kind of, um, for lack of a better term, fight back and, and come up with something better? So kind of nuking our communication strategy right now is a very scary thing, right? Because you don't want to accidentally um, stop communicating with a group of people or deliver duplicate type of messaging or those types of things. So that's been a very, very delicate process, but also a very quick process to kind of turn over. Um, So I would definitely be curious how other people in my position at other business schools are handling this, um, just because you know, rankings can carry you. They're very important, as we all know, working yes, in higher ed. Uh, but for Especially some reason, for business schools. Those I was going to say, for some some reason, business schools get weighted. You know, people just look at. I think that's how they pick their top schools. Is just whatever's at the top of the list. Sometimes, um, so it's uh, it's really interesting. I to go see what people other schools do in terms of their email communications, um, to borrow politely. I have submitted my name as an interested candidate to several schools. Um, 
and I won't name which one, but I submitted a form and I got within 10 minutes like the automated, oh, thanks for, you know, submitting your interest. My name is, you know, insert name here. I would love to talk to you about your interest in our program. And then I got what seemed to be an actual message from that same person saying pretty much the same thing. And then the next day I got a phone call from that person without me even signing up to get a phone call. So it's like, oh, we're not the only person, people hurting over here um, because everyone's kind of trying different things. So um, it's really, really interesting. We'll see how our numbers pan out this year. Um, But yeah, it's definitely been a learning experience, especially going from working at Central University Communications at UNC, where I don't think they'll ever have an enrollment issue because <laughs> everyone loves the Tar Heels. Unless, um, unless they like you, Duke. I was going to say, unless you go to Duke um, or State, but it's it's a very different um, playing field when you're in a business school or any professional school. Um, so speaking of all that, um, mm-hmm. we're recording this on December 17th. Yes, we and are. And this is the anniversary of the first yet zero episode of higher ed social where we introduced the show to everyone of course the first episode with a guest was with um todd sanders and i really wanted to have you back for this because five years is a long time it is a very long time and this show has grown um thanks to you and thanks to the many listeners that we have and the 176 guests no 177 guests that we've had on the show wow yeah uh you go look at the uh the episode uh the institutional map thing and that map is full Um, yeah except for a few states we still need i was gonna say what states are you missing what this is the official call the official call so the only states we're missing are North Dakota, South Dakota, mm. Idaho, New Mexico, and Nebraska. Oh, we can do that easy. Yeah. All right, listeners, tweet Logan, at Logan, if you're yeah. from any of those states, or if you're not from those states, I guess. Yeah, um, and we've had, uh, let's see here, we've had three folks from outside the U.S., so that's been kind of cool, too. All of these states that I know have universities. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do have universities, um, but it's been a it's been such a an amazing, you know, ride. And you know, I'm really thankful for you. And I and I think we've both grown doing this. Um, and yeah, it's just it blows my mind. It really does. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm getting a little choked up. Um, so speech. Yeah. Speech. speech. I, I did. I, I, I gave you a little speech. There but, you go. I mean, uh, usually when we do these five-year episodes or these yearly episodes, we talk about all the great shows that we had in the past. And I'll probably do that, give you guys kind of a rundown of all the best shows of the of the year. But, you know, it's been, it's been a ride. And... Yeah. Well, thanks, Jackie, for being on this week. It was great to be here. I really love having you on the show. And hopefully we can have you back. Thanks. Can I do the ending? You can do the, you can do the ending. Go for it. I don't know if I, if I can remember it because I don't think I've once nailed it without the script. <laughs> yes, you have. 
So, okay. Well, thanks, Logan, for being on my show. <laughs> Th- thank you for having me. <laughs> um, it was great to be here. And listeners, we enjoy having you as well. Uh, if you want to get more Higher Ed Social, you could head over to our website, higher-ed.social, or follow us on Twitter at HES Podcast. Um, where you can let us know how you think of the show. And also, if you want to be a guest, Logan mentioned those states. We really need representation from those states. Um, Higher Ed Social is part of the Connect EDU network, the first podcast network for higher education podcasts. You can learn more at connectedu.network. I forgot the website. I'm blanking on the website. You founded the website. I did, but I've, we went through different names. ConnectEDU.network. I got it right. I had to check it. Yep, so hack, right. go ahead, head over to ConnectEDU.network and you can subscribe to some amazing shows in higher education, no matter where you work on campus. And of course, Higher Ed Social was created by me, Jackie Vetrano, and this guy, Logan Bishop, and hey. produced by the wonderful Emma Hawes. And don't forget, follow us, subscribe to us, rate us, review us, share us, tweet us, retweet us. Do it. Hey, that was. Did I get everything? Did I get everything? Yeah, mostly everything. What did I miss? Uh, You got everything. Yay. Have a great week.